Welcome to the Messages Podcast with Every Nation NYC. We are here for you to know God, grow together, discover purpose, and make a difference in New York City and beyond. Please check out our Facebook and Instagram at Every Nation NYC. Enjoy the message. You know, as a church, uh, one thing we're, we're not going to run from is what's going on in society. The church is the answer. If we don't know how to engage our culture with humility, but also with the word of God, then we're going to be in trouble. And that's why you see Pastor Nathan and myself standing here, an African-American, a white, and you see an Asian unified, letting people know that not in this house, not in this church, we're going to walk together. We're going to uh, have difficult conversations together. One thing I said last week or a couple weeks ago, Pastor Nathan and I ministering on this very same, this similar situation or similar spirit, I should say, was that we're going to, we may disagree, but we're not going to be disrespectful. And so we got to talk about these things. We got to, we got to open up and, and, and share and talk. So amongst you out there, if there's things that you need to discuss and talk about, find somebody and say, man, this is how I feel. This is what I'm going through. This is what this has done to me. And hopefully, and we're believing that we'll be able to understand and pray and encourage one another along that. So with that said, we're going to continue in our sermon series called The Refreshed Life. Uh, we at the beginning of the year, we just set aside some time, first and foremost, to fast and pray. But also, we didn't just want to fast and pray. We want to make a new dedication to the Word of God. We want to say, man, I want to take this Bible, not just read it, but I want to apply it to my life in a fresh, new way. And so Pastor Nathan kicked it off talking about the new way of life. And, you know, sometimes we can get comfortable and get familiar with the word of God. We can just kind of go through them. Oh, I read that before. I've seen that before. Oh, I saw that movie before. But you know what? When the word of God becomes the standard of your life, things will change. You'll start walking in blessing. You'll start seeing change. Just like Seth said, when I applied that, when I stepped out and I did what the word said, something in return came. Last week, I talked about a fresh desire. And what happens is, is a lot of times we'll come to the word of God and say, I've heard that. I've been there. I've read that. I, I know that before. All these different things. But what God is saying is come to this word in a way of humility and allow this word not just to, to, to read it, but apply it in my life and let it begin to permeate and let it begin to go into the areas of my life. And what I want to talk about today is an all in life, an all in life. Now that's scary because see, last week we talked about allowing the word to come into your life. How many of you know when you ask God to come in, he's going to come in? Amen. See, if you say, Lord, I, I really want you to do something, he's gonna do it. And so let's dive into the word here and let's look and see what it says. In Psalms 119, verses 57 through 64, it says this, starting in verse 57. You are my portion, Lord. I have promised to obey your commands. I've sought you, your face with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. I've considered my ways and I have turned my steps to your statutes. I will hasten and not delay I to obey your commands. Verse 61, though, I, though the wicked bind me with ropes, I will not forget your word, your law. At midnight, I rise to give you thanks for your righteous laws. I am a friend to all who fear you, to all who follow your precepts. The earth is filled with your, Lord, with your love. Lord, teach me your decrees. Father, in these brief moments, help me to minister your word to your people. 
open hearts, eyes, and ears to receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here it is, David, once again, going to the word and saying this right out of the gate. Lord, you are my portion. You are my portion. Lord, I promise to obey your word, my portion. See, one thing I've learned about reading this scripture verse and understanding, getting into the mind of David is public worship will not excuse you from private devotion. So you can go out there and we can say, man, I know the word. I read the word. I study the word and I do all these different things. But see what you do in public must take place in private as well. You got to start understanding that the word and the strength of the word and knowing the word is in private as well. And he says this, he says, my portion. See, I can't like God. I can't just all of a sudden say, I want God, but I don't want the things that come with God. I'll take a little bit, but not all of God. And so what he's saying is this, is if you're going to have me, not just my word, but you're going to have to let me come in and be the Lord of your life. I'm going to have to be the ruler of your life. So this word now is going to trump emotions. It's going to trump feelings. It's going to trump circumstances and situations. This word will become the final say or the final authority in your life if you're going to read the word and do what it says. See, I've likened it to like this. Many Burger King people in here, people like Burger King. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some of us got that Burger King mentality where you'll walk in and you'll be like, man, I want this, but hold the pickles, hold the, the lettuce, hold the tomato. I'll take a little bacon, but, you know, no, keep that mayo off. See, that's how we are with the Bible. Lord, you can, you, can, you can have this, and I'll take a little bit of that, but whoa, 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 don't, don't, don't come in this area of my life. See, that's that whopper mentality. You can't have that your way. You can't have it your way. It's all in or not, all in with God. I have to be all in with him. David was all in. Verse 58, I sought the Lord. I have sought your face with all my heart. See, a lot of times we like to go after the hand, which represents blessing. Oh God, if you just bless my marriage, if you just bless my family, if you just bless my job. But David ratcheted up and he said, I want your face, which means I want to know you. I want to know you intimately. I want you to begin to come into the, those areas of my life that I've kept off limits. And my first point I want to say is he's Lord of all. He's Lord of all. All means all. And so when I come to God, just like David, as a husband, as a father, as a minister of the word, I have to come to the Lord and say, Lord, you can have every area of my life. And I always start with this, Lord, as a man of God, I want you to help me be that because that's where everything's going to ebb and flow as a man of God. Psalms 112, 1 through 4 says, praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commandments. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses and their righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for those who are gracious and compassionate in righteousness. Think about this, Lord. It starts with Lord. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord. David feared God. 
He was afraid of God in a, in, a, in a healthy manner. It wasn't like he's walking around like, oh, no, if I do something wrong, he's going to get me. No, what that fear is, man, you are the creator of the heavens and the earth. There's none like you. God, you parted the Red Sea. You raised people from the dead. Lord, you spoke the world into existence by the breath of your mouth. There's none like you. Oh, God, when I rise early, you're there. When I lie down at night, you're there. You're there all the time. You're sovereign. You're all-knowing. Man, you are the Lord of my life, but I'm going to ratchet it up a little a bit higher, you are the Lord of the universe. And if God can take care of the universe, he can take care of you and he can take care of me. He's the Lord. And so as I'm reading this Bible, as I'm looking at the scriptures, man, I have to allow this word to come in to me and say, help me be the man of God that you created me to be. Help me to be the husband that you've created me to be. Help me to be the father that you've created me to be. Help me to be the minister that you created me to be. I'm allowing the word of God to come into every area of my life. And I'm saying, Lord, take control. And see, as a father, as a husband, as a man of God, as a woman of God, as a mother, as a daughter, what will begin to happen is this thing is not just for you, but it begins to transfer down to those underneath you. See, I can't do what I'm called to do as a husband if I don't follow God in order to be able to treat my wife properly. I can't be the father that I'm called to be if I'm not connected with the word of God and God and allow him to help me to be the father that he's created me to be. All these things line up together. I have to allow him to be Lord of all. I want him to be the Lord of my children. Last week, it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do was to release my daughter and send her to another nation and to put her on an airplane and look at her and just say, Lord, just like Moses had to, or excuse me, Zipporah had to release uh, Moses, as Moses' mom, excuse me, had to release Moses and put him on that little Nile River down that bath. I mean, that's what happened in the movie. I don't know if that really happened in the Bible, but that's what I saw. <laughs> And he had to release the child and just say, man, God, you got him. You got him. Now, how many of y'all understand what I'm talking about when it's time to let something go? When you've done all that you can do, you prayed and you fasted and you raised and you trained and you did all, now I got to let that thing go. And some of us, you've prayed and you cried out and God is saying, you know, why don't you let some stuff go so I can come in and begin to transfer some things in your life. See, God is a great interior designer. Any interior designers in the house? I watch a lot of interior designer shows. My wife, you know, we sit there and I watch that stuff. I actually like it. And when you hire that interior designer, you're bringing that person in to what? To make stuff look good, right? Take some stuff out, bring some stuff in. And that's the same thing with God. We say, God, we want you to come into our lives and we want you to rearrange some stuff. And what he's going to begin to do is he's going to put his finger on some stuff and say, you know what, that couch right there, that thing is stank. It needs to go. <laughs> See, that area of your life needs to go. And the question is, is will you or I release that? Will we really allow the Lord to come in and remove some stuff? Because he makes things all new. And see, if I'm willing to let some stuff go and allow him to come in in those areas of my life and transform some things. Oh, y'all scared this morning because, see, this is real talk right here. How many of y'all going to let the Lord come in and rearrange some stuff? Are you going to let him come in and say, you know, that, that light up there, that's a little, uh, that needs to go. You need to move some stuff. See, I remember this same situation, Lord, 
See, I wanted the Savior part, Pastor Nathan and Kaz, but I didn't want that lordship. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to hell. Forget that. I ain't signing up for that. I'm, I'm going to pearly gates. But then when you bring that lordship in there, and he starts to move some stuff around. See, I was in a connect group. Yes, connect groups. Hallelujah. We love connect groups around here. The community within a community. And I was in a connect group with some other athletes and some other artists and entertainers and business leaders. And we're in this group and everybody in the group was doing bad. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where you come to that crossroad in your life and you got to give up some stuff in order to go to the next level. And everybody in the room is at that crossroad. And I remember this moment came to pray, Lord, if it's your will for me not to do this anymore, which for me was to play the game that I loved, football, if it's your will for me not to play this game anymore since I played since I was six years old, if that's what you want, you can have it. You can have it. Because I found something that is better it is called Jesus Christ. There's none like him. Yeah. And so if that's what you want, God, you can have it, and you got me. Yeah. See, a lot of times when God takes something from you, you then begin to get mad at God and you run from him. But see, when you give God your best, and you say, God, this is the thing that I love. This is the deep longing desire of my soul. This is the thing that wakes me up in the morning. This is the thing that causes me to lie down at night and I think about it. When you can give that thing to God, all of a sudden your life will change. See, now he's Lord. He's Lord. And I remember releasing that. And I said, God, if you, this is what you want. See, God was calling me to the ministry and I couldn't see that. All I could see was the game. Man, take the, get rid of that. I got something better. I want to use you to do something great in society. Not saying I can't use the game, but I can use you as well. I need all of you, all of you, unless the Lord builds the house. Psalms 127, 1 through 4, we're talking about being all in. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builder labors in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain for you to rise early, to stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are heritage from the Lord, offspring are reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Once again, we're talking about God coming in and taking over. Unless the Lord builds the house. How are you building today? Are you building your life? on things. Remember last week we talked about how things are fleeting. They, they come and they go. But if I build my life on the word, if I build my life on Jesus, then I have a solid foundation so that when a storm comes, I'll stand. And so what happens is, is unless the Lord builds your house. See, I tell my wife and my children all the time, as for me and mine, we're going to serve the Lord. I can't worry about what the Lewises or what other people in the church are doing. I got to focus on what God is calling my house to do. And so many times we get caught up in what everybody else is doing over there on Wall Street or what they're doing at the other campus. Maybe I don't go to NYU, but I go to Fordham. And what do they got going? I got to be and chasing this and chasing that and trying. No, no, no. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And so I have to allow God to come in. And it goes on to say, you know, you get these moments as men and women and you start worrying about stuff, the future. 
And how am I going to handle this and how am I going to handle that? And you can't sleep at night. It says in Psalms 127.2, which is a prayer, I pray every night, Lord, I want to sleep. How many of y'all like to sleep at night? But I'm shutting it down. Don't want my phone. Don't nobody mess with me when I'm sleeping. Unless the, and I, I don't want to be toiling for stuff, worrying about the future, worrying about that. Remember, we're talking about being all in. If God can take care of the universe, then he can take care of my rent. If God can take care of the universe, then he can take care of my boss. If God can take care of the universe, he can take care of my tuition, college student. If God can take care of the universe, then surely I can get that promotion I need because promotion comes from the Lord. It don't come from man. I'm preaching good today. I'm happy now. I'm feeling good today. See, the Bible, it goes on and it says in Matthew 6, 24. Now I'm going to get real personal because now Matthew 6, 24 is talking about money. And see, the Bible says this in Matthew 6, 24. It says that no man or no person can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one or love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Lord of all. Oh, yeah. I want you to be Lord of my wife and children. I want you to be Lord of my company. I want you to be Lord of this. But is he Lord of that money? You can't serve both of them. And I'm here to tell you, it's okay to have wealth. It's okay to have some stuff, but is that stuff running you? Is that the stuff you're chasing? And so the Bible is clearly making it clear. Once again, we're talking about the word coming in and trumping, the word coming in and opening up my life. Can he have 10% of your income? See, I found it real strange that I can live off the 90 more than I can the 100. Because God is the God of more than enough. He is El Shaddai, and he's got all the stuff that you need and all the stuff that I need. And so it's his money anyway. So when he comes to me and he says, hey, I need you to bless this or sow that or give that, man, it's your money. You do what you want to do because I'm all in. Are you all in today? Are you willing to take that step and say, Lord, not only my life, but everything that goes with it, I'm all in. And so that was David's mentality. Lord, I'm not just right here. You're my Lord. I, I don't want to just be a man of the word, but I want to also let the word come in and do what it says. It says that in verse 58, it talks about all my heart. All my heart. He said when he was praying, he went from just the word, knowing the word, I desire the word, but he shifted over to his prayer life. And now David is praying in a sense of, Lord, if anything is off in my life, you have the right to come in and fix it, change it, make it right, make it better. Do what you need to do. Verse 59, it just says, I've considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes. Anybody ever look at your life, how you walking? Anybody take inventory of your personal life? I know I did and we did back in, for 2023 when, it, when the new year came around. I began to take some inventory. Lord, what, what, what needs to change? Is my attitude wrong towards my wife? Am I treating my children right? Am I good with money? Am I, am I spending, too, or do I need to bring, save some more? What's going on? Am, am I doing more? Lord, should I, should I take a step of faith and maybe you know, push on a door somewhere and just kind of see as far as what I can reach out to in ministry? Inventory. I need to check around and see what's going on in my soul and what's going on around me. <clears throat> Inventory. But this is the, the scheme of the enemy. And this is my second point. And this was David is saying, 
(laughs) As soon as I get my life right, as soon as I start cleaning up some stuff, as soon as I start saying I'm going to follow Jesus, here come the haters. Here come the haters. See, David was this. David was like the people hated David because he was getting his life right, because he chose to follow God. Anybody got some people like that? All of a sudden, you start getting right. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to start giving money. I'm going to start reading my Bible. I'm going to start witnessing. And all of a sudden, here come the haters to tell you what you can't do. But what I always go back and say this. I say, where was you when I was down and out? Where was you when my back was against me? Where was you when I wanted to commit suicide? Where was you when I was depressed? Where was you when I was about to be bankrupt? Where was you when all this bad stuff was happening? Now that I've gotten Jesus, you want to come tell me what to do? Haters. And what you got to realize is what is it that the enemy is trying to keep you from being and doing if you get your life right? What is it that he's trying to stop you from doing? I've always paused when somebody comes at me and tries to bring up the past or say how I used to be or how I used to live. I always stop and say, you know what? First and foremost, that man is dead. I buried him years ago in the baptisms of water and I came up in a new creation of life. So I'm not the same anymore. The old things have passed away and all things have become new in Christ Jesus. Hated him because he was godly. But you know what? The Bible says this in Matthew 5, 10 through 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. It's all good. Because if they did it to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they're going to do it to me. And so it's all good. It's like, you know what? It's kind of like, all right, I'm going to expect this now. Get my life right and you don't like me. That's okay. I love you. I bless you. Matter of fact, I got a scripture for you. Let me read it to you. <laughs> Romans 12, 14. Bless those who persecute. Bless those and do not curse them. Bless them. Bless you. People come to me and say, oh, you're one of those guys that love God and love the Bible. How do you, what do you feel about this? What do you feel about that? You know what? Well, let me go to my Bible and see what it says because I'm all in. And see, whatever my word says is what I'm getting ready to speak back to you. And so if the word says it, then I know something. Somebody's got my back, and his name is Jesus. And that's what a lot of y'all need to understand is when the haters come, you need to recognize and realize who's got your back. It causes you to walk a little bit different, not prideful. I walk around this city, and I see people. They say things, but you know what? I'm not going to be prideful, but I ain't going to be fearful neither. I know who my God is and I know what he can do and I know what he's called me to be. I love Jesus and I love people, but I'm gonna tell you what, I ain't no punk. That's that old talk, I'm sorry y'all. Sometimes I just kind of revert back to old ways, you know. Gotta get that old man out. He's dead, that old man is dead. He's in the grave, he don't live no more. Third point, David was a man of the people. David was a man of the people. He says this, I'm a friend to all who fear you, to all who follow your precepts. What does this mean? David, even though he was king, what David loved to do is he loved to be with the people of God. And so David would come out of the palace and go into the synagogue, the church house, and he would rub shoulders with people. 
And you need to get this. He would rub shoulders with the, the high and mighty, but he also get low with the peasants, the people that were working in the fields. And they, as long as they loved the Lord, he was walking with them. And there's something about that. There's something about saying, you know what, I'm not worried about people's background, their education, their finances, where they've come from. But if they're following my Jesus, I'm walking with them too. Yeah. And that's how it was. David was a man of the people. He was right there in the trenches with them, worshiping with them, praising them, exalting God, saying, you know what, I love the times that I'm with God and I'm with the people. You know why? Because it caused David to do this. It made him recognize that, man, God cares about people. And if I'm going to be a shepherd, just like I used to watch those sheep, and now you've called me to watch these people, I must walk among them too. Isaiah 41, 13, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. If God is willing to step down from eternity and walk with the people, so should those that follow him as well. I need to be with all people as well. Are you all in? That's what I love about every nation. When you look around here, we're all in. We're all in with people that don't look like us, that don't talk like us, that don't wear the clothes like us, that don't go places. Man, I love it. I walk, yeah, absolutely. To, to, you're going to give me some seasick today? I'm coming, brother. Filipino food. I'm right there. I'm right there. Latino brothers, you know, hey, come on, man. Come on over and get some of this, man. We're going to have this tostadas enchilada. We're going to do this. I'm there, brother. I'm there. Show, just there. Open the door. Peruvian brother. Whatever. If food is on the table. You will see me. <laughs> Cared about the people. Now think about this. Jesus is challenging you right now, because I can feel it in the spirit. Are you willing to cross the threshold to engage and get to know people that don't look like you and don't talk like you? Or are you going to be more concerned about what your mom and daddy are going to say or grandmama and them going to say in your family? Or what your friends are going to say if you step through that threshold? All in. See, you can't have God without having God's people. And he loves people. Oh, he does. He loves them. He loves them. And why was it so important for David to get in there? Because it says this in Galatians 6 2, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Or Amplified Version says, carry one another's burdens, and this way you fulfill the requirements of the law of Christ. That is the law of Christ of love, Christian love. See, when I come to church, I wake up, my wife thinks I'm crazy sometimes. I wake up, man, God, I get to praying in the spirit. Man, this is the day that the Lord has made. We finna go to church. I'm more concerned about going to see y'all. You know why? Because I can't wait to get along and see how you're doing. So how can I lock in and pray with you? How can I stand with you? Man, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm excited because I can't wait to find people who are going through some stuff. So I can lock shoulders with them, pray with them, cry with them, stand with them. You know what? I'm not just coming to church to get looked all nice and all. Oh, you got a little pocket square today. No, 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 no. I'm coming to church. To link arms with the people of God. Man, I want to pray with you. I want to agree with you. I want to stand with you. I'm all in with you. Because I know that if we lock arms and we pray together, something supernatural will take place for your life. 
Hebrews 10, 25, it says, and let us not neglect our meeting together. Some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day is return of drawing near. It's important for you and I to continue to connect together. Remember, we're talking about being all in. David, David was on another level, man. Every time I read stuff about David, I learn something new. David, and this is my last point. He said he's the Lord of all. But this is what I'm closing with. David was all about blessing. He said it's, the last point is it's not just about you, but it's about others. David was so much wanting people to be blessed. David ratcheted up. David said, man, I don't even just want the people to be blessed. I want the creatures to be blessed. I'm like, David, you crazy, bro. You want the, the sheep and the goats and the, them dude to get blessed? Everybody going to get in on this blessing because I'm all in with God. See, when you're all in with the Lord and you're in a position of leadership, it transfers from you down to others. God just says, man, I'm not just going to bless you or just your house, but I'm going to bless anything that you touch, anything that you're around. I'm going to bless it. Are you all in today? Are you all in today? I'm asking the question, are you all in today? All right, we're going to see. It's my last story here. <clears throat> you can bring this picture up if you have it on the screen. This is a woman by the name of Annie Dukes. Annie Dukes grew up in a home. She had a rough life. Rough life. Mother was an alcoholic. Father was an educator. Very brilliant, very smart mind. But the thing that they did that she loved the most about being around her family was that they loved to play cards. Mother would play solitaire and she would just sit there and watch. Her dad was a card player as well and she'd watch and it would the only thing that would bring peace upon her coming up in a difficult home. Annie would continue on in her education and she pursued something. She pursued her dream. She was a Columbia student. And all of a sudden Annie gets the ultimate internship or job and has a nervous breakdown. She knew she couldn't go to her mother. She knew she couldn't go to her father. Her brother heard about it, was living in Vegas, and he says, come live with me. She gets out there, and her brother, she didn't know this, but her brother was a famous poker player. She gets around, and he starts playing cards, and once again, that peace came back upon her. And lo and behold, out of nowhere, she became a good card player, good card player. Now, all of a sudden, ESPN creates this moment where it's the wide world of poker. Brother was invited to go, and they said, you know what, let's just bring your sister as well because what we want to do is we want to, you know, get the ratings up because we need a woman there as well. Maybe some women will tune into this game, the show as we do it. And so here it is, Annie, the one that grew up with a difficult life, dealt a bad hand of cards, if you will. The one that had a nervous breakdown. She's sitting at this table, some of the elite poker players in the world. And all of a sudden, Annie just starts playing. And lo and behold, she starts beating one after one after one, and she even beats her own brother. And now she's standing face to face at this table 
with the bad boy of poker. The bad boy of poker. Let me see if I can find that brother's name real quick. Phil Ham. And so she has these cards. And remember, this is the dude. He's the man. And all of a sudden, Annie's just, in poker, you know, it's all about reading, calling each other's bluffs. And she goes all in on Phil, the bad boy of poker. My cards are so good, I'm willing to put all my chips in, which represents all my money, because I know I can beat you. And Phil gets, oh, the bad boy of poker, gets up stomping around. He can't believe it. He's furious. She's a bluff. She's a liar. There's no way your hand is better than mine. I'm the dude. And all of a sudden, he throws his cards down. And she beats him. Four million dollars she won. Called his bluff. See, she went all in because she had a better hand. She believed she had a better hand than he did. And she won. But how much more as believers, as followers of Christ, we have a better hand because we got Jesus. We got a better hand because we got the gospel. We got a better hand because we have the word of God and his promises. We have a better hand. And so what I want you and I to do today is call the devil's bluff. Because he's been bluffing you. If you go all in with me, if you go all in with Jesus, he's going to leave you high and dry. But I'm here to tell you, if you go all in with Jesus, it will be the greatest victory of your life. Let's stand to our feet and let's pray. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I'm asking this morning, as people are out there halfway in and halfway out with you, I'm asking today that they would go all in, that they would call the enemy's bluff today. That they would see that the enemy is the father of lies. That the God of heaven and earth is willing. He's willing to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can dare think or imagine by the power that is at work within us. Father, I pray now. As God is highlighting things in your life that you know you need to let go. And let God. As God is putting his finger on some things and saying, you know what, you've left this out. If you really want me to be, if you really want to be all in with me, you need to let that go. And follow me. And not just follow me, but do what I say. Surrender your entire life over to me. If that's you, just raise your hand where you are. I just want to join my faith with your faith and we're just going to pray. And what this is, is a sign that Lord, I'm giving it to you. You can have it. Take it. Do what you will with it. I'm all in with you. I'm trusting that you are going to do something great with me as I let this go. Thank you, Lord. Father, we bless these men and women that are raising their hands right now. As they're letting things go and they're coming under the full weight and the full authority under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, God, I pray right now that, Lord, faith would arise in their heart and that, God, you begin to show them that by letting this go and cleaving to you, and following you and doing what you're saying, that peace 
and joy and love and the things that they desire and need are in your hand. Father, bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. You have been listening to the Messages Podcast with Every Nation NYC. If you enjoyed our message, please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps others hear the message of Jesus, and we really appreciate it. If you have yet to spend time with us in person, we would love to welcome you to one of our services. Visit everynationnyc.org to find all the info you need to attend a service. We will see you there.